You're now locked in to HBCU Pulse. We're the number one outlet for HBCU life, talking about everything that's important to our culture, from on-campus issues to politics and what's trending on the yard. We always keep that same energy. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to HBCU Pulse Radio. You're listening to the HBCU Sports Playbook on HBCU Pulse Radio. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the founder of HBCU Pulse and the host of HBCU Pulse Radio in the building for another special edition of the show on today. We're talking all things HBCU football and HBCU sports. A lot of interesting games on this weekend. A lot of good football, period. I'm, I've really become a big football fan. Appalachian State, UNC, that was a good game. Florida State, LSU, that was a really good game. But the HBCU games, man, we got to talk about them. What's going on, Aria? How you doing? Yeah, what's up? What's up? What's up? I, I could just feel, I could see your eyes. They're looking at me. I could just feel the questions that you want to ask me. I, ha. It's been a weekend. <laughs> Oh, you know, you know exactly <laughs> what I'm going to ask. So let's not even like, like, you know, play around with it. So North Carolina A&T oh, lost on Saturday. They lost for the first time to North Carolina Central in, I believe, three or four years. And it was a shocker. Ariel, listen, you're a proud Aggie graduate of the North Carolina A&T. So you got to tell me what happened. And, and, and just, just break it down. This is your segment. Let me know what went on and what you saw with North Carolina anti losing North Carolina Central. Listen, I saw a tweet from one of our classmates, um, Journey, and she was like, if Central has a, thousand hate, has a thousand haters, I'm one of them. They have 100 dislikes. I am one of those people, and I still am. You know, I'll let them have this victory. It's actually been... This is their first victory in six years. We, When we left the MEAC, the last time we left, we won. And the last time they won was in 2016 before we went on that winning streak. So, you know, I guess it's time due. It's It's been six years. And all I can really say is they have the better quarterback and they're ready. Since we, since we are gone, and I even feel like if we were in the MEAC, that still would have been an outstanding start for Central. They have proven that they are the next MEAC champions. And I can only say this because of their quarterback, Davius Richard. Incredible performance. Not saying that their defense wasn't bad. Their defense was great. They played against us really well, even though we outplayed them when it came to first down yardage, when it came to receiving yards, when it came to rushing yards. They held us to a really tight standard. And I don't think A&T was necessarily prepared for what Central was waiting to do, what they were waiting for. And they definitely were prepared for Davius Richards and what he was going to do with the offense. So that that wouldn't hurt. I'm not going to lie. And I think the most frustrating part about it was when we had less than five minutes in the game and the tempo was just slow. It just seemed like they weren't in a rush. There's nothing that they could really have done. And I believe A&T could have came back. I really do. But on that side, it just seems like something's not clicking this season. Something's not... Something's not there that used to be. And I don't necessarily say, I don't think it's Sam Washington's fault. I don't. I think he's coaching, done everything he has to do. It's the players, if you really want it. Like, I know this game doesn't really count for you. But for us, as a rivalry, and this is something that we anticipate, especially for the younger generation, I hate that we went out sad like that. And I hate that our performance was as lackluster as people thought it was going to be. 
So I, you know what? I, I hate it. You know, I give Central their props. They were the better team. I hate it, but you know, it's happened and it's over, and we're gonna see them next year, and we'll see what's up. But I, Central was amazing. They they were on fire, and you know, this season they're definitely gonna be in the running of competition. Maybe be one of those final teams that makes it and tries to win them a championship again, like they had in 2016. I feel it. Like, I watched the game as well. Um, I had a lot going on because I was putting up these scoreboards. And if you like the scoreboard on HBCU Pulse, if you're listening to this on HBC League Pass or on YouTube or our podcast feed, I appreciate it because, listen, the scoreboard with um, the Aggie Eagle Classic score and Southern winning 86-0 to over the Florida Memorial, that game should have never been played. That game should have never been played. And, and I'm looking sort of at Southern, like, why'd y'all schedule them? Like, that's, like, what the world? You know what I'm saying? So that, that's a whole different story. Um, but it got 3,255 likes as I'm looking at this. 5,256 shares. So I want to just shout that out. So that was what I was working on as the Aggie Eagle Classic was going on because it was so many games, and I wanted to make sure because I was personally putting those scores in. So I sort of turned away in, like, the third and fourth quarter. So I had to go back and look. But I think the story of the game is Darius Richards. Like, he is like that. Like, he is a great scrambling quarterback. I think he makes a lot of great decisions. And I think he makes a lot of split-second decisions. Like, you know, when you look at, and I'm not trying to divert, you know, our conversation, but you look at the FAMU game, you look at Jeremy Musa, and he did amazing against against UNC. And clearly, UNC does not have the best defense because we saw what they did against Appalachian State. They should have lost that game. I watched that game. I was into it. They should have lost that game. But Musa in that first, in that week zero game against UNC, he had a bunch of time to throw. They weren't really pressuring him. They weren't bringing people up on the edge. Uh, but in the fam, in the FAMU Jackson State game, he had a lot of pressure. He was dealing with a lot of pressure. He was trying to find his man. Like, you know, they were doing different coverages to where he couldn't find his receivers. They were covered. And he was getting sacked. He was getting hit. And he, he was throwing the ball over the place. Like with, with, with Richards, Richards doesn't do that. Because I saw, you know, some moments where it was some pressure coming or, like, they, they faked the blitz. I, I saw that. And he just reacted so quickly, whether it was throwing the ball, play action passing, or even just scrambling, just trying to find a way to get the first down or get closer to the end zone. That's what I really like about him. And I remember you were doing your preview, and you talked about Darius Richards, and you said he reminds you of Shador Sanders. You compared them. And at the time, in my mind, I'm like, huh, Shador Sanders? Now I see it. I see it. Like that that man is like draft worthy. Like I feel like he can get drafted. And I believe, like you said, I'm it's too early for me to say that North Carolina Central is gonna win them yet. Cause I, I want to see what they do against South Carolina State. I want to see what Norfolk State has for them. And also I, like like you said, Delaware State. Delaware State did good. They beat Bowie this weekend. So I want to see what the MEAC shapes up to be. But I think that North Carolina Central is going to be riding real high as they play Winston-Salem on this weekend and as they start MEAC play really soon. So I want to ask you this, though. So do you think that maybe, maybe North Carolina A&T was looking forward to North Dakota? They looking forward. They not worried about Central. Y'all beat them all the time. Y'all looking down the schedule in the new conference. Like, like do you think that that was the case? Do you think that just Central won the game straight up, flat out? regardless of who we were playing, I believe you still should have played to your fullest capacity just because North Dakota state are champions. They've, they've been champions since 2011. So for you to come from 
Central to go into North Dakota State that are champions that now that we see have a better offense than you. They're definitely known for their defense. They're one of the top five defenses coming in for those championship years. You should have taken Central seriously. You should, At that point, I think Sam Washington was thinking, okay, well, these are the players that I need to keep. And these are the players that need a little bit more practice. And I'm going to have to switch my whole lineup. And he's going to have to switch some of the plays that his offensive coordinator was coming in because every play that he put in, Central's defense knows. And it's funny because some of Central's coaching staff used to work for Sam Washington. Now they're over there. So you had a team that knew some of your plays, maybe coincidentally. You had a team that's been playing you in a rivalry game. At that point, you should have taken it seriously. At that point, it should have been a practice of what you're going to present to North Dakota State. So I don't think we I don't think we let them win. I think this was a true win for Central. I don't want that to get that confused. They definitely outplayed us. However, the Aggies did not take this seriously. The Aggies have a lot of work to do, especially since you're going to get North Dakota State next week. And it's something that you're going to have to think about in your mind. Is this the season where you guys want to improve? Because Central, you've seen it. From last year to this year, they are a better team. I They were a good team, but now they're a better team. AT went from a good team to we're still trying to figure some stuff out, and you never want to make that transition into a new season. You always want to solve problems that you had last time, and there are certain things that I see that are going to be repeated this season for AT, and I don't think that's good. I totally agree. Now, I have to ask you this question before we move on, because North Carolina AT was a dynasty, and they dominated – HBCU football for a minute and we all have talked about we've said it on this podcast that we want to see before Deion Sanders ultimately leaves let's be real okay we want to see Jackson State versus North Carolina A&T North Carolina A&T was the power for the rest of the 2010s Jackson State is clearly going to be a power as long as they are in the HBCU scene with Deion Sanders and, and his recruits so do you think that North Carolina A&T's greatness is over because, you know, I think that it, that's a, a trick question to me because when you're playing HBCU competition and you're leading the pack, I mean, that's great, but now you moved up to a different conference. And now to recruit on that level, to, to really vie for championships and titles on that level, especially trying to go to the FCS playoffs, that's a different field of play. And not to say HBCUs don't compete at that level, but it's a different ball game. You know, so do you think that maybe the shift in the conferences has messed up North Carolina A&T? Or do you think that just, like, you know, it's their, their Golden State Warriors 2019-2020 year? You know, where it's like, hey, we just won three championships. We're on the decline now. Steph got injured. So now we're out the playoffs. But then we win in 2022. So it's all good. Like, what, what do you think? I think I want to say this is their 2021-2022 Buccaneers year. You know, you're figuring out some stuff. You don't have the best players on your team right now. You um, have a mild quarterback. You have a coach that is, you know, still trying to figure out who his team is and not having same old reliables. And it is, I think a t is in waiting water. You know, you went and I think it's difficult and any athlete can say that. It's kind of like when you've been, a college athlete for four years and then you got a college and it's like, I don't know what to do. You've been in the MEAC for so long and now you have to grow. This is like growing pains. You have to grow and play better competition. You got to play 
more schools that probably have better facilities or better recruitment. And it's all an adjusting period. And this is the point of seeing like how you adjust. Like if A&T had a hard knocks, I think that would be great. <laughs> so that we can see what's been going on internally or just get a viewpoint of that. I just I think AET is in waiting water. Now, how if you sink or swim is up to you. If you choose that you want to be the best and you want to continue that dynasty and continue of having that pedigree that we produce championships, then that's up to you to fix it. But if you want to go into, well, we're at HBCU school and we're playing more competition, even though it's great, our players are just not doing what they need to do and we're not going to push them forward, then you're going to sink. And this this weekend, I believe A&T is going to have to show people whether they're going to sink or they're going to swim. Because right now, you're kind of, you looked off the trophy of a championship and you're sinking. They're, they're sinking just a little bit. And I'm not used to that as an Aggie. You know, I've, I've been there through championships. I'm not used to that. That's not, that's not what I like. So hopefully when they play them, I mean, if they do lose against North Dakota State because of their background, because of North Dakota State's background, I'm not going to be as disappointed, but I want to see a better, I want to see better effort of moving the ball down the field, pushing the ball down the field, throwing the, taking those really cheap shots, just like Davius Richards did. He wasn't scared to go down the field for 20, 30 plus yards. He wanted, he wasn't scared of those interceptions or throwing it through traffic. He took that leap. And most of the time he was granted and guaranteed, hey, we're going to do this 20, 30 plus yard. I want to see that. I want to see more of the running game. I don't want to see as many drop passes as they had. I want to see protection of the quarterback. I want to see the quarterback moving. I want to see him taking those shots when you know none of your players are available. Those are the things that they're – it's like the little things. Those are the things that they're going to have to fix. Not trying to have all those penalties, all that cheap talk. You can't do it right now. You're not the best right now. That's something you have to prove. So it's one of those things where I, I'm not going to say they lost it. They're just in waiting water. And this weekend, I want to see if they sink or swim. I totally agree. And I'm not glad. They're going to sink. I'm not glad to. I love A&T. Let's be real. <laughs> I love y'all, but y'all, y'all going to sink. It's North Dakota State. Let's be real. And, and I want to even say this. You know, first things first is back. I watched first things first. They're on in a new time slot. Uh, they're on uh, at 3 p.m. So I watch it, and it's been really good. New studio, all those different things. And, you know, sometimes some things that make me upset is that when people that cover sports don't know sports, especially when they get to a national level. And Chris Broussard was talking about the 49ers quarterback situation, right? Mm -hmm. And talking about how they signed Jimmy Garoppolo and how should Trey Lance feel. And Chris Broussard had the nerve to say when Nick Wright said, well, he, well, Trey Lance won a national championship in North Dakota State. Chris Broussard was like, North Dakota State? How many, how many NFL players have North Dakota State? And I tweeted, I said, Chris Broussard, do you realize that North Dakota State is one of the best football teams in college right now? FBS, FCS, NAIA, Division II, whatever. They're one of the best teams, period. And I feel like people sleep on that. Well, oh, how many draft picks do they have? What does that matter? Like, that literally does not matter. They dominate, and they typically dominated HBCUs. So, for me, how I look at it is that I want A&T to go out there and win. I want them to compete. But I'm not encouraged from what I saw because North Carolina Central has gotten better. And if you can't stop the run and, 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 the, and the run, you're not being honest with the run, and you can't stop D Darius Richards, and we know that North Dakota State is going to have a bunch of big boys on, on the offensive line. They're going to come at you with a bunch of pressure on defense. I've seen them play. 
So, and you don't know your quarterback situation. What do we expect? Now, am I going to be like, oh, a t they fire Sam Washington? No, it's North Dakota State. Expect it. We, we expect a loss. I mean, come on, let's be real. Now, they win, we going up. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm going to oh, be like, I'm listen, I'm wrong. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't think Jaeger or Sam Washington would expect. I, it's just, you, we, I, what I've been trying to get people to realize is the quarterback pedigree is different with a and I've, I've seen, and it's no, it's no, it's no offense to Jaeger. I've seen better quarterbacks than him. And I, I understand that he's still developing. I understand this is a chance A&T is taking. And like I said, Sam Washington is not used to this uh, underdeveloped team, like a team that he actually has to push. He's always had people that just do what he needs to do and gets it done. And that's okay. This is all a transition moment for A&T. But if I was Jaeger, I'm in the room every day. I'm studying, I'm figuring out what I need to do, how to be a little bit more accurate, who is going to be my to-go guys, and what certain plays I will be running and really trying to figure out while in-game during the first quarter, what is North Dakota State like? You're not you're not going – like, if this is next level – you are literally next level, next level. You thought last year was big? North Dakota State is your first game after Central. That's, that's something that you can't take lightly. and. I mean, I'm if they win, it'd be a surprise. I'm not expecting that. What I'm expecting to see is improvement. That's what I want from A and T. Because you know, I, I feel it. I, hey, and and I just you know, like I'm hoping for for the best, but we have to be real realistic here. And you know, I, I just think that you know, at this point, that A and T is not going to be North Dakota State. Maybe a couple years ago, maybe if Coach Barwood was there, maybe they would have won. But I got to say this too. And this transitions over to uh, Jackson State fam, you, but I want to get your opinion on this. I feel like the mark of coaching is how you build and develop a team. And when Sam Washington came in, Coach Washington, he had the pedigree of a legendary HBCU coach, uh, and modern-day legendary HBCU coach, in Coach Rob Broadway, who brought multiple championships to North Carolina A&T. Every school he's gone to, from North Carolina Central to Grambling to A&T before he retired, all they all improved all over while they all improved great recruits great defense always were winners and he had a lot of those players that were still on the team that that, that coach brow that coach Broadway brought in so now he has to bring in his own team I think that this is the mark of a coach because now you can't rely on that talent that coach Broadway saw and brought in like you said you have to develop and I think that says a lot about coach prime Deion Sanders because he didn't just walk into a program like North Carolina A&T that was just doing it he didn't, and Kevin Durant, if he, he might hear this, so don't get mad at me, Kevin Durant, but he didn't Kevin Durant this thing, all right, where he just, I'm going to go to the Golden State Warriors, and I'm just going to win and, and pat my stats and go get another job. He got Jackson State, which is a blue blood program in HBCU football in the SWAC. They hadn't won, had won a SWAC championships since, since 2007, and he built that program up. They did good in, in the spring football. They didn't make it to the spring SWAC championship. In the fall, they got better, and they lost in Celebration Bowl. Now in this FAMU game, they dominated. You know, And I think that that's the mark of a great coach. But before we move to that FAMU game, do you agree? Like, Do you, do you think that, that Sam Washington, this is the, a big test for him? Or do you think that, hey, this is just one game, and eventually he's going to you know figure it out? I want to say that this after this game, may be a test it's already I think he's still trying to figure it out like his players now is that a good position to be in no 
you don't want to be just as confused as your players. But I can't necessarily say with him there that it's been mostly him. I think for 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 A and T, it's more it's more physical, it's more external in what they have to do, and with Sam Washington, is more internal. Like as a coach, you can look good and you can do everything you are on the outside, but on the inside, it's going to have to be well. Hey, what do I need to do? What do I need to bring out? I I can't really say that for him right now. There's just yeah. No, I, I totally get it. I, t- I totally get it. So let's move on to the Jackson State FAMU game. So that game was a total blowout, a total battle, like, but not a battle in the right way. It was a total disaster for FAMU. It was something that we did not expect because, Aria, we both picked FAMU, and we both were wrong on that one. I mean, and it happens, but – Fam, you how they play at UNC, I was encouraged. And I do believe, especially after what I saw when, when UNC played Appalachian State, I believe that Fam, you could have won that game, right? At the very least, it could have been competitive. But Jackson State posed such a different threat because they're a different team. And people are like, oh, well, they, they, they beat this FBS team. And, oh, Jackson State should be an FBS. I think that's a different team. Your style and your strategy might work for one team, but it might not work for another team. The style and strategy of, you know, sitting back, pocket passing, like, you know, really trying, really having that time in the pocket and then finding your guy, that worked against UNC. That's defense is not all that great. But Jackson State was on them. They threw everything at Musa and McKay. They brought McKay in, and McKay freaking fumbled the ball. I was so upset. I'm like, dude, it was fourth and one. And it's right there. They take Musa out. They bring McKay in. And I'm like, okay, I guess McKay is a better runner. So I think they're probably going to do a play-action situation where they where McKay runs the ball or they or they want to make it make him think that McKay is going to run, but it opens up a pass. I was thinking it was, okay, they're going to get back in this. This is going to be good momentum. This man fumbles the ball. And I, and, and then you look at at, 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 at Coach on, on the on the sideline, fam, you the coaches are like, Bro, what's wrong with you? And I'm at, I'm looking at the thing. I'm like, bro, this game is I almost turned it off. As I, I, I did turn it off because I turned it to Central State Winston-Salem game on NFL Network. But literally everything was a disaster. Isaiah Land came back, first game back. He got one sack, and it was an impressive sack. He got one sack on, on Shador. But Shador, guess what? Shador threw 17 straight completions. And he ended up 29 of 33 for 323 yards, Five touchdowns, averaging nine yards per throw. Are you kidding me? Like, I, I just, Ariel, I, I, I was flabbergasted. Because I, I love that Jackson State's winning. We love to see it. But one thing my brother and my dad know about me is I love close games. I love games where you don't know who's going to win. I like those games that are classic. Well, we're going to be talking about it years from now. And that game last year was a defensive classic. This game was terrible. It was a statement game for Jackson State because I feel like Jackson State was saying we're here. And Coach Prime Deion Sanders, and he's going to be like, well, yeah, this, this ain't a statement. We, we know this. But come on, it's a statement. Like, come on. Like, like they lost in the Celebration Bowl. They got all these recruits. We want to see if they like that. You got Travis Hunter out there, and we heard he's injured. Travis Hunter had the day off. Travis Hunter was just out there chilling. He was out there just standing around just watching the game. He broke up, like, one or two passes. He locked down his side of the field. Like, Moose didn't even throw over there. 
Like, I can't tell you what happened in the second half because I turned it off. So maybe maybe he did get intercepted. I don't know. But I turned it off. But Travis Hunter was out there. I could have did that. You could have recruited me. I, I, I could have stood out there. But hurry, I just, I don't know what this area. What did you think about this FAMU game? Listen, I'm with Tiffany Green on this one. Uh, it was a great game. They did everything that they had to do. And, you know, they may have beaten FAMU, which last year was a really great defensive game. But they're not playing. You can play. You can play all this. You can play fifty nine three. You can blow out teams, but it's going to come down to when you play the reigning champs, South Carolina State. This is a great game. This is a great, you know, proving point. Like, hey, we're back, and you know, this is exactly how they started last year. They were undefeated until they got to the champion. Until they went to the Celebration Bowl, as you need to play a champion to really know that you're really going to be that person next year. So they're doing great. Jackson State looked great. You blew them out. That's cool. We wasn't expecting that. But until you play South Carolina State, I'm still thinking this is a rerun of a Cinderella year that y'all pulled last year. No, no mm. to them. Not saying it wasn't a great game. I mean, it obviously was a great game. You were doing sideline interviews where people were scoring touchdowns and interceptions. That's embarrassing. With the pads and helmet off. You that's, saw that with the chain on. That's embarrassing. I will never, ever let any team do that to me. When I saw that, I was like, oh, no, they have no respect. But why should I show respect? I'm a 50-something. That. But what are they going to do? What's that you going to do? <laughs> like, oh, you know oh, you know what? Oh, Shadur got his pass off. It's go time. Like, you know, it's over. <laughs> I just, listen, two fumbles, three interceptions, all fam you could calculate for is a field goal. And every single time, three and out. When I tell you that fourth down fumble reminded me of the LSU LSU and FSU game, they was this close. They were this close. If that touchdown would have been momentum for them, not securing that and letting them dominate you, that's what ruined FAMU. And I, you know, I like we said, like you know, like we said last episode, FAMU is going through a lot, but through opposition is where you're supposed to show your strength. And I just wasn't thinking that FAMU was going to go out this way. I expect. I'm disappointed, honestly. I l- listen, no, no words. I, I still stand until Jackson State plays the champion. You know they're doing, they're going to be great, and I hope they bring the same momentum to South Carolina State. But fam, you man, I, I need to get together because that that was an embarrassing game and an inappropriate game. Like why? <laughs> what was the point? And, and here's the thing that you know when it comes to Jackson State's schedule. So, ironically, they play South Carolina State in the Miag Swag Challenge next year. And I would assume Deion Sanders will still be there at that point. And you always got to say that when it comes to him because he's doing a great job. So, you know, they, they might be like, listen, listen, man, $100 million, leave now. Like, pack up your bags, okay? <laughs> like, 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 you know, like, like, like tell, tell Stur, stop playing. He's he can stay eligibility. Don't try to take Travis Hunter with you and just stop, just stop it. Quit now. Okay, like they might do that because he is looking pretty good for him now. Bill Bobby said, "Listen, we'll just give you that 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 crazy kind con- that Nick Saban contract." All right, but but like you know they're gonna play them next year. So unless Jackson State makes a Celebration Bowl and and South Carolina State makes, makes a Celebration Bowl, they're not gonna see them. But the thing with the schedule is that they're playing pretty much the exact same schedule this year. They're playing Tennessee State this week. We'll talk about that in a second. You know, they play Southern, which is probably going to be a test. They play Alcorn, which Alcorn has gotten better. But, and then Grambling, Grambling could be interesting because you have Hugh Jackson down there. They got some great transfers and some great recruits with Hugh Jackson. But, like, I, I don't really see a loss for them. 
because you had Alabama and them that got destroyed, you know, by, by, by UAB. So, I mean, like, I just, and, and it just, it just doesn't look like Jackson state is really going to take a loss. And I think that they're going to go to the celebration bowl. And I want to say this too. It's been not conversation, real conversation, but this has been conversation on the HBCU Twitter streets. All right. A lot of people are thinking that Deion Sanders and Jackson state are going to win out the SWAC again, win the SWAC championship. And they're going to say, Hey, we're not going to celebration bowl. We want a playoff bid. Like, I think, let me ask you this. And this is sort of an audible. We didn't discuss this, but I've been hearing this. Do you think that they do that? Or do you think they run it back celebration bowl? What, what do you think? I wish people could see my face because I'm, I'm just, <laughs> just no, and, and it's not an official conversation. Yeah. It's just people think that. And you know what? People have a right to think that Jackson State hasn't shown them any other. I personally believe, I don't think Dion would allow that without allowing the school. I think that would be robbing the school of having a trophy case. Like, it's cool, you know, it's cool to win it. It's cool to win. It's cool to win the celebration bowl. Like that's that's a lot saying. And despite all the original and organic um debuts and all the advertising that Dion brings himself, I think that'd be something the school can have and can say, hey, you know, outside of that, whenever we don't have Dion, we have this, we can leverage this, we got that. They can't say anything about this. So I think if they did that, I would personally be robbing Jackson State, which we personally brought Dion for to bring us a championship. Don't do that. Do that like next year, not this year. If you have the chance to go win again, I would say get the trophy and then whatever else y'all decide to do because y'all are tired of being undefeated, y'all are tired of rolling through all these schools, do whatever you got to do. But do not rob this school of a celebration trophy. That's, That's not cool. I totally agree. Now I want to say this again that that is not anything that's come out because I know we're yeah. we're a reliable source. People yeah. be like, "Oh, for real?" Oh, the no, HBCU no. post said they're not going to celebration bowl, and I get a call from Jackson State. No, we're not going to have to happen. All right, because they they gonna find my people be finding my number. It's weird, okay? <laughs> so they might just find my number. I'll be like, "Hello, hey, is this Randall Barnes?" <laughs> like, like, yeah, this, 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 this is Randall. What's, what's going on? Hey, man, you know, listen, now this, this that's a darn lie. And he don't cuss. That's a darn lie. That's a darn lie. Like we not gonna like. <laughs> <laughs> Why the hell is Coach Brown like 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 sounding like sounding like like a white cowboy? It's crazy. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm gonna try that again next week, okay? Because <laughs> like, I'm like a white cowboy. Um, but no, nah, that, that that's that's just something that's been happening, and I've been hearing on on the Twitter streets. But I, I just I don't see a loss for him. And I think this goes to a great conversation. You know, a, like a lot of people like really see like I, I see the path for them being undefeated. Like I see, and the only challenge I could possibly see. And this is possible outside of an HBCU. They play Campbell, and Campbell has a strong offensive line. They had a very strong recruiting class. I think they ranked a little bit above Jackson State in their overall recruiting rank for FCS. So I think that that possibly could be a battle. But I think that we need to start talking about Jackson State as a top FCS program. Like, do you think it's time? Like, do you think that we can now say that, listen, like they're they're an amazing HBCU program. They need a celebration bowl to sort of solidify it, but they are one of the best programs in the FCS period. And if they make the playoffs, we believe at the very least there's a puncher's chance that they could win. Like, like, do you think it's time to have that conversation? Oh, it's 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 not even a conversation. It's already guaranteed. They are they are one of those top teams. It doesn't matter 
how young they are. It doesn't matter how long it's been. They have solidified that and nobody can take that away from them. They are one of they are that team. Honestly, I don't I don't see anybody else doing what they've done and having the recruitment class in that short period of time. Like a lot of teams that you talk about, it takes time to build up there. Jackson State's been doing it, and it hasn't even been, what, more than three or four years? It's been like two? It's been like they're calling it three seasons. I mean, you can count the spring. I mean, because they they played in the spring, but that's not a season. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that wasn't like, and I know it's like, well, spring, fall, but it's like they only played so many games. There wasn't a playoff opportunity. And and then, you know, Coach Prime didn't have his players. You know, so like he he came in, it was the pandemic. So he didn't really have the time to recruit. And then you got to realize also, he, I believe, got that position. We're approaching the anniversary, the two year anniversary. Mm -hmm. So I think September the 19th of, of 2020. So if that was now, that means you're hiring a, a head coach almost in the middle of the season. So that wouldn't have happened. He probably would have would have gotten hired June or July, probably ju- after July one because that's when the new fiscal budget rolls in for for, for, for colleges. So he probably would have got hired. They probably would have confirmed him in like May, June, July one. Things are signed. He has his press conference, starts his recruiting, training camp, and whatnot. But because of the pandemic, was so weird with COVID. It's like they hired him in September. So it's only really truly been two years, but they're saying he's a three-year head coach. And if it helps him, you know, get opportunities and do what he doesn't need needs to do and it helps, you know, pad his winning percentage, by all means do that, you know. But, like, I, I, just, I think it's time. Like, I, I do think it's time. Like I said, I don't see a loss on the schedule. And honestly, how, how we're talking, I don't think that they play, they play South Carolina State. I think they play North Carolina Central. And I think they beat North Carolina Central. I think we get to see that matchup you were talking about, Shador versus Darius Richards. But I think they beat North Carolina Central. And I think now it's, okay, listen, they're undefeated. This Deion Sanders, like, do y'all let him in the playoffs? Like, do y'all hold off the playoffs for, for a week? They probably won't. But it's like now it's like we having a real discussion about if the Celebration Bowl even is feasible, you know, because I think before we talk about FBS jumping up, I think, you know, we got to talk about if the Celebration Bowl is feasible versus if competing in the playoffs is feasible. Because I thought that FAMU was going to win and they were going to finally get that celebration ball since Cinderella story of all the stuff they have going on. And then Jackson State was going to go to the FCS playoffs. But now it's a problem because the celebration ball is right in the middle of that time. And then as a matter of fact, they play that first round. FAMU played that first round. They played that in, on Thanksgiving, on that Thanksgiving week. And then the championship, and I, I, I rewatched, you know, the games and all that. The championship was, I think, the day, the day before or after the Celebration Bowl. Now that's going to be a conversation, I believe. So I'm ready to give my prediction. I, I think that Jack State going to win the swag. Now, give me the opportunity to change, okay? <laughs> I might be overreacting. Yeah, are, are, are you going to give me an opportunity to change? No, yeah, I'll, listen, we, obviously we didn't know it was going to be this wrong. Against <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the option the change. I, I think there's still a couple you know, for this for the slack, I, I'm going to have to agree with you. I think that's a little solidified. You, you know, we'll we'll still have room to change. For the MEAC though, you know, I'm I'm still watching. I'm still a little weary. You still watching? Okay. I'm still watching. Okay. I think I think there's good I think there's good competition. I, I don't wanna say a name. Um, especially if it's controversial right now. But, you know, I definitely think the swag is already solidified. The MEAC, though, is going to be some interesting competition. The only school that, that can compete right now is Southern. 
and Southern is, is, is in the West, and they would have to meet in, you know, like, like the, the, the SWAC championship. But Southern is the only threat. And I really want to see what Southern looks like against LSU. But we'll move on because Travis Hunter, he took the day off, y'all. We don't, we don't got to talk about that. Let, listen, he, he, was, he was out there. He played. Wonderful moment. Go to HBC Post's YouTube if you're not there already. He had a great moment with Coach Prime where they hugged. He had, you know, some tears flowing. It was a powerful moment because that, that shows, you know, the transformative effort that Deion Sanders is providing to the culture of HBCUs, but also these young men's lives, because it's bigger, as they said, with you know addressing the Jackson water crisis. It's bigger than just football. And when it comes to college football, this is something I heard when I went to uh, my brother who's in the Northeast High School Band in Macon, Georgia. Um, I went to the game on Friday, and I was hearing this, and, and I had a conflict in my mind, Ario, that they were like, listen, like, you know, a score will be forgotten in time, but the impact that these student-athletes will get playing this game will be remembered forever. And in my mind, I'm like, we're here to win. Like, forget that. I'm, I don't remember the score. You know what I'm saying? I remember, fam, you lost. But it's like, that, that, was, that was a high school game, they said that. But it made me think. And it's like, you know what? That's true. Because at the end of the day, this is developing young men. Because everybody won't make the NFL. But they're going to be doctors, lawyers, engineers, entrepreneurs, media personalities, teachers, so they're learning essential skills being under these amazing coaches, especially these black male coaches, because they see representation. And I think that's what Deion Sanders is doing so well. So Travis Hunter didn't really have a game that we can really talk about, but I think that moment um, is, is, is worth noting because that was a beautiful moment, all right? But let's move on because it's so many HBCU games. We're going to read all of them at the end. Uh, but we want to do something different. We want to do our HBCU game of the week. I have a game. Ariel has a game. Actually, I'm I, I'm cheating. I, I have a couple games. But Ariel has a game that she's going to be specifically watching, and we're going to break down. And I'm going to have a game. I'm going to watch, and I'm going to break down. So, Ariel, I want you to go first. Like, What game are you looking forward to on this weekend? Listen, I don't know what's been going on inside of me, but I've become a real, real big Bethune-Cookman fan. So that Bethune-Cookman game versus South Carolina State that we've been talking about for the past 20 minutes is going down this weekend. Now, they're both 0-1. and one. They both lost their first game. But this is going to be a testament to South Carolina State if they still have the reins of holding on to their championship. Or Bethune-Cookman, which has been showing me tremendous potential on the defensive side, is going to overpower them just a little bit. Like, I'm, I'm super excited to see them play. After this last game, you know, it wasn't a great game. It was not a great game that Bethune-Cookman played. Do not let me fool you. That was a terrible tragedy. However, I love their pride. I love their resilience. And I definitely see something special, like I said, with that defensive line. So I hope that comes up to play against South Carolina State, but I'm super excited for that game. I feel it. I'm, I'm excited for that game as well. I think that that's a sneaky swag meak type matchup to see, like, you know, like which team has really got guys as the edge. Because if you look at it, um, Bethune-Cookman didn't – they played they, – they got destroyed by, by Miami. They did. But it's worth 13 points. I mean, you know, they, they, they're moving the ball down the field something. now. You know, it, it was something to give me a little bit of hope. But I, I was, I, I was so impressed by them and their ability to keep going. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't the UNC, you know, and FAMU game. I, but I have more faith in them after what happened this weekend. I totally agree. So listen, so for me, 
first and foremost, I have to show love to my HBCU, Fort Valley State University. We beat Tuskegee 21 to 6, and it was an amazing game. Shout out to the Aggies, Coach Sean Gibbs, get his first head coaching win. And he is the running back guru. Yeah. Like it was a play in the fourth quarter that really broke the game open because honestly, Tuskegee, and I'm being so objective here, Tuskegee never had a chance. I know they have Coach Ruffin that was at Miles College. And for Fort Valley, Miles College always had our number, and they dominated D2 and the SWAC. They dominated the they dominated the SIAC all the time. They dominated the SIAC. Uh, they used to beat Albany. They they beat us. And then Albany finally got him back, you know, this past year. But he let, like, so Coach Ruffin leaves Miles, and he's now the athletic director and coach at Tuskegee, which is a lot. That I man, he got to get the bag. He get the bag. Listen, I know he get the bag at Tuskegee, man. So I'm expecting, okay, this is going to be a close game because he he's always had our number, but this is a different Fort Valley team. And the running, like, you got to respect the run because I think Coach Gibbs, like, he developed Tyreek Cohen. And he found him. So I think that how our running back is going to be looking, Ariel, that's going to be a problem because that means you have to respect the run, and then that opens you up to play action. That helps you up to different passes. The only thing I didn't like is that they were sort of forcing passes, and it was an interception that was thrown, I think, in the first quarter because they started forcing passes for no reason, Fort Valley's quarterback. So, but I, I really like what Fort Valley's doing most of the D2 schools are going to be playing like, you know, white schools or bigger schools. So Fort Valley, Kentucky State is sort of going to be interesting. And I'm going to tell you why. Like, I think Fort Valley is going to win. But to be clear, we lost to Lane last year. Lane played University of Arkansas Pine Bluff really well. Lane is getting better. But let's be real. Okay, we're supposed to beat Lane. We always beat Lane College. And Lane had our number. And it was multiple times that we could have won and we didn't. Now, this is a new coaching staff. You brought in some new players, some new recruits, some new transfers. So I think that Fort Valley is going to be a different team that you're going to see this season. And the real test is going to be versus Benedict, also versus Albany State, of course, at the end of the season, and versus Morehouse because Morehouse destroyed us. They destroyed us like, like, like that was Jack State. We was FAMU. All right? So it's like they destroyed us. We normally beat. We normally beat Morehouse. We were 2-8 and eight one year. I think it was 2018, and we still beat Morehouse. Morehouse was going in. We still beat Morehouse. We didn't care. We, like, we, we lost, but we're not going to lose Morehouse. You know what I'm saying? Like, but they beat us down bad last year. So Morehouse, um, Benedict, Albany State at the end of the season, that's going to determine, I think, who goes to the side championship, and Savannah State because they want to be in that number as well. Like They want to be, hey, like you know, we beat Fort Valley. We beat Albany. We're going. You know, so I, I believe that the D2 line is going to be really good. Well, well we're going to see how this Kentucky State game looks because if Kentucky State comes out and wins, everything I say is out the window. I'm upset, okay? You had, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to think about I want to talk about Fort Valley again because I'm going to be upset. I don't know what I'm going to say. But it's looking really good, Ario. Y'all, y'all, have a, y'all have some great coaches down there. And, like, Sean Gibbs, I, I wish he was there with y'all because maybe he would have had y'all win. <laughs> Listen, I, you know what? I'm going to take it. I'm going to take all the shots. You know what? I'm taking it all because I, I know what my team did. They didn't do what they came to do. It's fine. It's cool. I, I'm, can, I, can I say this, though? Can I say this real quick? I just want to just say this. It's my opinion. I mean, maybe Sean Gibbs should be the head coach of North Carolina A&T. I'm just, maybe just saying. I'm just I, 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 text in your comments. I'm telling you this now. Oh yeah, Auntie, I don't want this. I'm just, I'm just musing. I'm just thinking. Okay, I mean, listen, 
Because for y'all looking real good, because we've been looking rough the last couple of years. All of a sudden, we got Coach Gibbs, and we out here running the ball. Like, run it, like, listen, holes in the defense, but he ran through that, got a touchdown. I could have ran that. I'm slow. Listen, I could have ran. I got to start working out more. I got to start eating better. I could have got a touchdown with, with, that, with, that, with that, that gap that was there. So it's like, man, like, listen, the, the line is looking good. The running back's looking good. Got a scrambling quarterback. Now, I think the Sayak is on a warning. Fort Valley is back. So y'all better stop playing with me, man. Listen, but enough about Fort Valley. My, my game. Uh, for this week, I'm going to really be looking at is the Southern Heritage Classic. Uh, Tennessee State is a really great school. And I think that because you have Deion Sanders that is at Jackson State and the fact that Jackson State is in uh, the SWAC and you you have Tennessee State in the OVC, we often overlook Tennessee State. Let's not forget that Heisman winner Eddie George is at Tennessee State. He ain't playing because Tennessee State had a really great record last year. They had a turnaround year, and they were looking really good towards the end. So I need y'all to really put some respect on Tennessee State and put some respect on the fact that they played a white school, a predominantly white institution, and they didn't fold. Because a lot of these HBCUs, if you notice, they play white schools and they fold. They turn into high school teams for some reason. you know. But Tennessee State didn't do that. They play Eastern Washington, who is an FCS powerhouse, and, they, and Eastern Washington is ranked, right? Tennessee State led for a majority of the game. They were going back and forth. It was, it was a lightning delay, so that sort of cooled things off. But it was a really close game towards the end. Now, Tennessee State's players, a couple of them got injured. Hopefully, they'll be able to play against Jackson State. But Eastern Washington only won 36-29. to 29. So, Tennessee State is a beast. Like, Eddie George has some good recruits. Eddie George is an NFL guy, too. He has, you know, some good coaches around him. Because Hugh Jackson came from Tennessee State. And Hugh Jackson was at Tennessee State helping out Eddie George. Then he got he got the grambling. So I think that Eddie George, especially him being a running back, the running game is what he's really going to prioritize. You saw the offense really run through Shador Sanders for Jackson State. I think that if Tennessee State looks at the game and looks at what Jackson State did against FAMU on offense and defense, I think that Tennessee State needs to respect, needs to have Jackson State respect the run because they have some great runners. And I think that they were moving the chains a lot against Eastern Washington. If Tennessee State starts running the ball, makes Jackson State respect the run, and then really starts throwing passes and don't force passes, I think that they have a chance to win. Do I think they're going to win? No, I don't think they're going to win. I, I, I don't think they're going to win at all. I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think maybe we're looking. I don't know, 2017 Jackson State, scare him a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe Travis Hunter, you know, decides to get an interception or two. Or, you know, like, like you know, like break up some more passes and move around the field, lock down some receivers. Maybe Shador gets sacked a couple times. But I don't think this is last year's Tennessee State. And I think that if Jackson State will lose, they will lose to only three schools. They'll lose either Tennessee State, either or Tennessee State, Southern or Campbell. I think those are the only losses on the schedule. It's like, I don't know. Southern's well-coached. Campbell is also a FCS power, especially in recruiting, and then that line is tough. And then Tennessee State is looking really, really good. And Eddie George does not have the star power of Deion Sanders. He's not a Hall of Famer, although that's a debate. I think he should. And I'm not being biased. I think he should. He was a great running back. I think he should. But he's a Heisman winner, and, you know, if you don't want to go play for Jackson State, go play for Eddie George. You might get in the NFL, too. He has NFL pedigree as well. 
So I feel like it's like, you know, you're facing yourself. Like Deion Sanders looking in a mirror. And now it's like, hey, I'm I'm playing you, you playing me. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that's going to be, of course, that's an easy pick for game of the week for me. But I think that's going to be a better game than what people think. But, Ariel, do you think it's going to be a really good game, or do you think it's going to be a blowout for Jackson State? I mean, I just did a write-up about Tennessee State. I have so much respect for Eddie George and what he's trying to do for that team and what he's trying to do for the program in general because he's in the talks with Mickey Allen trying to see if they can play North Dakota State starting that 2023-2024 year. They're already trying to get there. So he's believing his team – just like Deion Sanders leaving his team, I know my team can be better. I know they can play better. So I already, like like you said, they're, they're, they're one in the same. They're both trying to do better for this program. I respect the run game a little bit more for Tennessee State. I believe that Jackson State is more of a pass option offense. If they can pass the ball, that's majority of what they did kind of against FAMU. I don't think FAMU really had that kind of setup where they didn't let them. Shador was just throwing it, throwing it down the field. So, but that's a team that they knew they can do that against. I know when they see, I know when Deion Sanders sees Eddie George, like y'all going to have to stop this man. This man is built differently. This man has built his running backs differently. And it kind of goes back to the conversation where you say if A&T did have their coach, I've never, or I haven't noticed a running back head coach. You always see maybe an offensive coordinator or somebody comes up as a quarterback coach or somebody comes out as a running back coach is different. And if he pulls this off, I think, A, I personally believe out of all the schedule that Jackson State is going through, Tennessee State is probably the ultimate test. Like, if they can beat them, I say it's smooth sailing. If not, all respect to Tennessee State. Now, I don't want to say he really wins because after what happened last yes, last weekend, I, I'm scarred. Like, dang. But I think Tennessee State is definitely going to pull some kind of confusion, just a little bit of toughness against Jackson State. I think that's that is going to be a really good game. I think you got a good game, but I'm gonna stick to the Bethune Cookman South Carolina State. Hey, I'm, I'm gonna be watching both. We're, we're gonna see what what happens because uh, yeah, I, I was I was dizzy after after Saturday was over, man. I, it was so many. It was so much football, and then. I was watching HBCU football, and I'm, I'm missing. I, I missed the Florida State LSU game. I had to rewatch it, you know, because that game was insane. So I think, I honestly think this football season is going to be very different. I, I think it's going to be probably one of the better college football seasons. I think NFL football seasons, you know. Um, now, granted, I want to just say this. All right, I want to just say this, y'all, before we move to you know just the games for the weekend. Listen, I'm in New Zealand right now. All right, I'm playing NBA 2K22 right now. It is 1:57 p.m. Okay, it is Thursday. Uh, September the 8th. The game comes out September the 9th at 12 a.m. I'm in New Zealand right now. Am I in New Zealand for real? No. Now, if Ariel said, I believe her. Okay, Ariel, listen, she be, road, she, she be tripping, man. She she just she just be everywhere. She be road tripping. She be on, on, on the PJ, you feel me? But I, I, I am virtually <laughs> in New Zealand on my Xbox Series S, and that 2K is looking real good. I can't say the same for Madden, okay? Can't say the same. Maybe one day, the NFL and also college football when they bring college football 24 out 23 or 24 out hopefully you know they'll get a good foot they'll get a good football game but one thing I'm always proud of is NBA 2K gonna show out oh my god they're gonna show out listen I just want to just say that Aria like listen we in New Zealand the vibes we in New Zealand just said I'm overseas can't nobody touch me I'm, I'm here with it. like what y'all doing y'all in the states oh I'm over there that's cool 
Yeah, man, man, listen, it's already Friday for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, listen, I'm ready for the weekend at this point. It's, it's Saturday in a few hours over here in New Zealand, man. All right. <laughs> Wrap it up. Let's go. Wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I want to say this, too, before we also move on to the score. So I want to say congratulations to uh, Urban Edge Network and HBCU League Pass. Uh, they just signed a historic deal, Ario. Uh, they signed the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference uh, to a media rights deal. Uh, they're going to be streaming uh, their games on HBCU League Pass, uh, as well as campus events. So this is huge because, you know, like um, League Pass, uh, they're, they're partnered with Pulse. We have our channel on there, Channel 201. Uh, and Urban Edge has done a lot of great things for Pulse already and gave us a lot of amazing opportunities. Uh, so this is amazing. So you're going to be seeing... Dillard University. I, I want to get, get the actual list. Let, let me pull up the list because I want to give every HBCU in the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference their flowers. Because when you look at the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference, Ariel, it, it was a lot of schools that were in there. It's, it's, you know, it's a great history. Loyola University w- w- was in the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. So they have, a, they have a lot of great history. And I think that when you look at the SWAC and the MEAC especially, and even the CIAA, I think that oftentimes the SIAC gets left off even though you have Morehouse and Fort Valley and Albany State and Savannah and Clark Atlanta, but I, and even Benedict, you know, but I think the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference really gets left out when we talk about HBCU conferences. So the schools include Dillard, Fisk, Oakwood, Philander Smith College, Russ College, Southern University of New Orleans, Tougaloo, and Wiley. So those are the schools that are in the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. They matter. So I really love that HBCU League Pass did this. They're going to get, you know, some social media love from Roland Martin because Roland Martin was there. He's really tied in with HBCU League Pass as well as Urban Edge Network. And you already know we're going to give them love, too. I mean, come on, we're going to give them love, too. That, that, that's that's automatic. We already show love. When I tell you, Ario, I want to say this, that we're going to move on for real. But I got love from Fisk University. Did I tell you about my trip to Fisk University, Ario? No. I'll tell, I'll tell you about that. I would say they had, they, I had some fish. I came on a Friday. That fish was amazing. Oh my gosh. That fish they had, man, I, all they needed was some grits. All that's all they needed. Cause they didn't have grits. Cause at Fort Valley, we had fish and grits. Really? They didn't have grits. That was the only thing. Yeah. I've never yeah, heard, I've never heard of an HBCU do it. Like I, I know fried fish Fridays or fried chicken Fridays, but for an HBCU to do grits and T, I'm going to need you to get on it, please. Please and thank you. They, they, and listen, Fort, Fort like that's one thing we got on Ant. Then like Fort Valley, we got we got we we got Shaw's coach, okay, and we got we got the grit so Friday, okay. That, we we love we love to see it, but that man, listen, Fisk always gonna have love for me. I'm always gonna tell that story, and I'm not ashamed because that fish was immaculate. Like I, I got I got seconds, and I could eat I couldn't even eat the seconds. It was so crazy. I was just talking, just talking. I was eating. So it, man, listen, Fisk, y'all always good for me, man. Y'all y'all fry up that fish, man. Y'all do real good. All right, but let's talk about. Uh, the games that are going on on this weekend. So we're not going to give predictions for these games. We're just going to listen. And what we're going to do is that at some point, uh, maybe next week or even this week, we're going to try to list off all of these games. I know that there were some people that were trying to figure out where the games are, where they're airing. Uh, and it gets, it gets confusing, you know, so we're going to start putting that out. And I want to definitely uh, let you all know, what game's coming on this weekend. So no Thursday game. So no games on Thursday. So um, on Saturday, Central State versus Lincoln University of Pennsylvania, Chowan versus Tusculum, Frostburg State versus West Virginia State, Presbyterian versus Virginia University of Lynchburg, Saginaw Valley State versus Bowie State, St. Augustine's versus Limestone, not Livingstone, Limestone, Lane versus Benedict. That's going to be a really good one. Mm-hmm. 
Lincoln University of Missouri versus Northwest Missouri State. I want to specify that if you don't, if you guys don't know, there are two Lincoln University of Missouri's. I'm not, I'm not, there are two Lincoln Universities. It's Lincoln University of Missouri and it's Lincoln University of Pennsylvania. So Lincoln University of Pennsylvania, like I said, they're playing Central State out the SIAC. And you have Lincoln University of Missouri. They're playing Northwest Missouri State. All right. So Alabama State is playing UCLA. That's going to be interesting. That's going to be a very interesting one. They're 2-0 now. They beat Miles last week, so we're going to see what Alabama State does. But they're playing UCLA. Must be the money. Okay, uh, so North Dakota State is playing North Carolina A&T. We're ready for that one. All right. Austin P plays Mississippi Valley State. Bethune-Cookman plays South Carolina State. That's REO's game of the week. Clark Atlanta plays Erskine. Uh, Elizabeth City State plays Livingstone. James Madison, they're now an FBS program. They play Norfolk State, so we're going to see what Norfolk State does against now FBS competition, okay? Vadosta State, man, Vadosta State is no joke. They play Virginia Union. I wanted to say, I said, that's a dub for that Vadosta State. No disrespect to, to Virginia Union, but I don't think Vadosta State has ever lost to an HBCU. Like, they're just like that, and I root against them all the time. So, so Virginia Union, you have my support, but Vadosta State's like that, so... That's interesting. Like, no, don't don't schedule without state. Do not schedule with them. Do not schedule without state. I'm just gonna let you know because it's the side could tell you they tough. All right. So, but without state plays plays Virginia Union, University of Arkansas, Palm Bluff, tough matchup against Lane Lane College. They play uh, on this week North American, Grambling State plays Northwestern State. That is gonna be on HBCU League Pass. So make sure to check that out. Now, if things change, just make sure to stay tuned to social media. I'm hearing that that game is also listed to be on ESPN+. Plus. I do not have any confirmation of that, but all I know is that I was told that that game is going to be on HBC League Pass. Make sure to tune in. All right? Of course, my game of the week, Jack State plays Tennessee State. Miles College plays West Alabama. Troy University plays Alabama A&M. Tulane plays Alcorn State. Allen plays Johnson C. Smith. Delaware, the University of Delaware, Plays Delaware State. Very interesting. Cool. Edward Waters plays Savannah State. FAMU plays Albany State. Hampton plays Tuskegee. That's going to be a good one. Morehouse plays University of West Georgia. North Carolina Central plays Winston-Salem State. That's going to be a good one. Towson plays Morgan State. Virginia State plays, plays Bluefield State. Wayne State plays Shaw. LSU. Boy, LSU, boy. Boy. <laughs> Boy, if y'all don't bring your oh, then bring your go. Come over here, LSU. Cause listen, listen. Florida State was just the beginning, okay? <laughs> Florida State was just the beginning. Y'all gonna lose halftime, and boy, I'm pulling for a win. Where Southern's gonna beat y'all, boy, Brian Kelly, zero and two. Fire him now, okay? That's what we're waiting for. All right. So North Texas plays Texas Southern. Um, Albion Christian plays Prairie View A and M. Texas College plays Langston. Fayetteville State plays Wingate. South Florida plays Howard. Southeastern plays Florida Memorial. And on Sunday, on the Lord's Day, Fort Valley plays Kentucky State. All right, listen. (laughs) On the Lord's Day, listen. You know, just just saying. But Fort Valley plays Kentucky State. And I'm reading this off of of Onadon. They're a legendary HBC sports site. And they have all of the games listed. And they will have the scores. So, Thank you to Onadon. Like the reason why we have the scoreboards because they're breaking the scores, and we also look at ESPN and other sources. But they're really clutch. So shout out to Onidan, and I want to spell them out. So make sure to go to o n n i d a n two dot com to see all of the games listed. But Ario, where can we find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at askriri underscore underscore, or check out my website theunaxedopinion dot weekly dot com. 
Love it. Love it. So make sure to follow HBCU Pulse on Instagram, uh, the HBCU Pulse on Twitter and TikTok. Make sure if you're not watching already, so watch our channel on HBC League Pass, channel 201. And also subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't already. 14,400 subscribers as I say this. So we might hit 15,000 really soon. And I appreciate everyone for supporting us over there. So make sure to continue to stay tapped in. We have a lot of amazing stuff coming. But thank you so much for tuning in for today. And as always, we'll see you on the other side. Like what you hear? Uh, yeah. Subscribe to HBCU Pulse Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, head to HBCUPulse.com to stay up to date on what's going on in the HBCU community. Thank, thank you, you for, for listening, listening to HBCU, HBCU Pulse, Pulse Radio. Radio.